Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Network Classics here on Primetime with Sean Mooney. Wow, it has been a wild, wild few days. And I apologize for this episode of Network Classics getting out a little bit late. But uh, I hope that uh, I hope by now you've you've uh, heard some of the news. But uh, had a great weekend. I was uh, honored to uh, join the NWA broadcast team. Uh, if uh, <laughs> it's it's happened, remember I've been telling you there was a, a, you know I had this announcement I, I wanted to share with everybody, and I you know we, getting dates and everything set up and finding out when uh, this was all going to happen. So I really couldn't get the information out, but now it's out because uh, some people. Uh, at the taping, uh, saw saw me there. They uh, sent out some uh, some shots, and a few people also shared some videos. So uh, that kind of uh, let the cat out of the bag, as they say. And uh, I'm thrilled. I I am absolutely thrilled uh, to to uh, to be with NWA Power and uh, everything that's going on with the organization. And uh, you know, I had a feel. I've been watching it for the last few months. On YouTube, and if you haven't, what are you doing? You haven't? What are you kidding me? It is uh, so much fun, and uh, but to be there and then to see how everything goes on, and just how excited the talent is there, and they have some phenomenal talent there. They've got some old school guys who know what the hell they're doing. They know how to tell stories. They've got young guys coming up. With a, they're just full of energy. They're so talented. Uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, it's, it's one that immediately comes to mind, but then you've got people like Tim Storm and you've got, uh, of course the national treasure, Nick Aldis, and just all these Aaron Stevens and Eli Drake, Eli Drake, uh, that is there. And it, it I'm t- I, I went there and I have to say, you know, uh, I went there with, with some trepidation because I didn't know what to expect, uh, you know, to when I went there. And uh, it was just phenomenal. That's the that's the word. It was just a great time. I'm so excited to be doing this again. They've got uh, huge plans for uh, what they've uh, got ahead for the folks. But just the reaction. And and uh, if you've seen the program Power uh, on YouTube, check it out. Um, but if you've seen it, then you already know what I'm talking about. It's this. This uh, wonderful uh, environment. If you are a wrestling fan, if you're a wrestler, if uh, you, you, you want to be entertained, it's all there. And, uh, and to walk into that studio and they have, you know, the, the crowd is right there next to the ring and they're just uh, so into it. And then, of course, you've got the announce tables right there at ringside. And then you've got the, the uh, podium up there where we, where we do the interviews. It is just an exciting atmosphere. And uh, I'm just so glad I could talk about it now because uh, it's been, uh, you know, I've known for a while, but uh, like I said, you know, getting everything arranged and finding out when I was actually going to be there uh, to be part of the shows, uh, you know, took a little bit, but uh, that's what, uh, where I've been. And uh, that's why I didn't get this classic out uh, yesterday. And uh, I may sound a little tired. I got up very early in the morning to get back to uh, back to where I live in Arizona. And, uh, you know, I'm used to getting up, uh, but, it, <laughs> you know, uh, with my job uh, being a, a morning host on a television uh, show, um, news program. But, uh, yeah, we just did a lot. So I've, my voice sounds a little deep if I uh, sound a little tired. But I wanted to get this out there because I know everybody does love these, these uh, network classics. 
And uh, we got a good one this this uh, this week for a number of reasons, but they're not good. <laughs> I'm just gonna say uh, this is an episode of WWF uh, Superstars from May 16th, 1992. And if you'll remember back, it it wasn't a great time for the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, I did a little research on what was happening back then, and and I even remember I was there for crying out loud. And the houses were not fantastic. I guess I'm being kind. It wasn't like the house shows weren't doing really well. Uh, you knew, you, you know, that was a really turbulent time in the history of the uh, World Wrestling Federation, with all of the uh, the legal problems going on, and of course the steroid scandal, and just a, a big transition. And uh, you had talent leaving. So it was a, a, a very uh, interesting time uh, that was going on with the company. And of course, I've, I've explained this many times, that Superstars and Challenge were basically promotional tools. So what you got, which was different from Monday Night Raw, uh, was a lot of squash matches. That's what they did with these shows. They would uh, It was to get people out to house shows. So they would come out with the Superstars and they would flex and pump and beat the living crap out of human beings in the ring and then push storylines and whatever else we had going on. And if you remember, uh, besides whatever, there was, uh, you know, events going on, but Vince was also still with the WBF and Ico Pro. Uh, that stuff was still going on. So that what, that shows up in this program. Uh, but I was looking down the list, and you know, I, I, we, some of the shows we've been doing lately because we're doing Saturday night, Saturday night main events, and you, you know, all those matches are they, you know, stacked them they, they, because they're network television programs. They wanted the nation to love it, and in order to do that, you're not going to put you're not going to put Barry Hardy out there. You know what I mean? You're not going to put Sonny Blaze out there. You're going to put uh, the, the the top superstars because you this is your big stage, a gigantic stage. Uh, superstars and challenge were different they had a different uh, game plan with these as i said it was to sell the product to sell the superstars come see them in person and, and push these storylines that were going on with other superstars and uh, that's what they did with these very very effectively but as i said this was a, a down period it's all cyclical as we've talked about before with the uh, wrestling business and uh, that was certainly the case with the WWF they would come back we know and have done so many times but this was one of they was it flow and ebb is ebb down then we're ebbing here <laughs> this is this is all about ebbing <laughs> okay i i know i i'm a little silly today because uh, like i said it's been a wild. I went right from the show on Friday that I do, and then I got on a plane, and it's just been nonstop ever since. But I love you guys. What would I not do this for you? Of course not. I, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm, of course, I'm going to. So we're going to get through this together, and I think you're going to enjoy it because <laughs> it's fun to look back at this stuff, right? Isn't it? It is. You can look at these shows that they they were doing. And uh, and you got me talking, rambling on about these guys and memories coming back. So this is not going to be an exception. So let's get let's get a run through. And once once again, I want to give a credit to where credit is due for the uh, folks that, that do notes on these programs. Uh, and uh, once again, blogofdoom.com. We uh, 
got their notes from this this uh, superstars episode. And you know, you should check out that website, guys. It, I mean, if you ever want to go back and wonder, you know, what happened in these shows, they they got a whole library. I mean, it, it's a great place to go. So, Blog of Doom, big shout out to you guys, blogofdoom.com. All right, so this is WWF Superstars from May 16th, 1992. And if this is correct, it was taped on April 29th, 1992, because remember, we would do TV tapings and they would do three weeks uh, in advance. So, you know, that the, they would do it in that order. And uh, this one looks like it was, what, like the second second week, you would call it, of taping, Right. So uh, it was taped on April 29th, 1992 at the Syracuse War Memorial. Guess where? Syracuse, New York. I know it well. But uh, so the, that's what we got going on. And, um, you know, they, they have some big superstars that appear in the show. It's just they're not involved in any match you would probably uh, want to see. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, Shawn Michaels, which at that time, if you remember... He was palling around with Sensational Sherry. She was uh, his manager as he goes up against Sonny Blaze, who uh, was a uh, a good hand. I mean, he was he wouldn't have been on these shows if he wasn't a, a good enhancement talent. And then also we've got Tatanka, who you know I love. I love Tatanka, man. He was, uh, you know, his, uh, his gimmick was awesome. And, uh, man, he believed in it, sold it, and was great and just great performer. Look great, uh, really love Tatanka, and uh, he goes up against Barry Hardy in this. Uh, most of these matches, guys, uh, you, you don't want to blink because they're real quick. I mean, we're we're talking these matches. If they go longer than two, uh, that's a long match. That's a long superstars match. Uh, we got the Berserker. Love the Berserker with uh, Mister Fuji as uh, he defeats Scott Taylor. Uh, that's coming up. Also, Repo Man. Uh, I told you this was a downtime. Uh, Barry Darso, not the greatest gimmick, but uh, he did everything he possibly could with that man. Oh boy, did he! Uh, with the tow trucks and the uh, you know the tow uh, tow ropes and everything else that he was doing, and that that outfit they gave him, you know, with the big tire track across him. Uh, and you know, Barry is is was you know such a great performer. And, uh, of course, is, uh, with Axe and Smash of Demolition. But uh, really uh, did a, a phenomenal job. But, of course, when Bill Eady left uh, with his health problems and the uh, other issues, uh, he was, they, you know, they still wanted to keep him around. And they, he, they tried with Crush. Remember, they tried to do that little union with Demolition. And it just didn't work. And, and uh, so he had him in singles competition. And they came up with... This gimmick, Repo Man, uh, the big boss man. Now that you talk about a good gimmick, uh, who who was better than Bubba? I mean, he was just fantastic. Uh, the big boss man uh, in this one against Glenn Ruth, another don't blink match, and uh, then it gets weird. It, it gets really weird. This show, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, uh, in singles competition. This is your superstar matchup, guys. Uh, Ultimate Warrior takes on Brian Nobbs. Okay. Brian Nobbs of the Nasties with Jerry Sags and and uh, and Jimmy Hart at ringside. Uh, that's your big superstar matchup for this one uh, in this superstar show. And then we've got the Beverly Brothers, Bo Beverly and Blake Beverly, and uh, 
did did that like feud with LOD go on forever? I mean, they they're pushing this one, and it, I I feel like every time we do a superstar, so there's these promos in there where they they have the genius when he was teamed up with them, uh, doing a poem and uh, calling because you know Ellering was with them too, so uh, with demo uh, demolition and. Uh, Remember, he was calling them the sissies, and he, we're, we're going to have some more of that stuff, which uh, th- there's some very inappropriate stuff in this program, by the way. If you're if you're easily offended, uh, you may not want to listen to uh, or this or, or watch this uh, episode because there are there are some things in here that, as we usually run into, right? When we're talking 1992, where uh, they got aw- uh, away with a lot more than they ever, ever possibly could today, as far as you know, the sexism and the, and the other lines they walked. <laughs> but this is this is what we're looking back, and we just call it the way we see it, right? That's what we do here. So, are you ready? Did you get tuned up? Are you cued? If you're not, I'm going to give you the chance to do it. Okay. So, what do we do? We're on the network. That should be up already, if you haven't. Come on. And then uh, you go to in-ring, right? And then you go down to, uh, was it uh, Classics, right? And right there, you'll see Superstars. It's like the, one of the first couple that's in. And click on Superstars. And they only have the one year. Only, 92 is the only year of Superstars that they have up there. And then find May 16th. I think, uh, was it the Genius that's on there? No, no, it's the Mountie. I think it was the Mountie was the the, the little uh, thumbnail or whatever it is, okay? So if you haven't done that yet, I'm going to give you a chance here to do that. Get queued up, and then you can come back, uh, and we'll go, all right? So I am going to uh, do everybody, we'll do a quick pause here so everybody gets queued up, and then we'll do the countdown, and then we'll roll, all right? Okay, go ahead. And we're back. You're all queued up, right? Good. All right. I'm a little little punchy here, but uh, we're going to have some fun. This probably will be an interesting one. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I got to go full screen here so I can play. And are you guys ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, play. And here we go, right with that fantastic animation, Hulkster ripping the shirt, yeah, there we go, fast cuts, name them all, can you? All right, drops the elbow, get a big smash, got uh, Earthquake. Boom, Tatanka, Bossman, Owen, Undertaker's there. The Warriors shaking the rope. The woo! Got it all. And that fantastic open. All right, who can tell me? Are they there or are they not? Onondaga War Memorial. See? They're not there. They're not there. Perfect sells it, though. Did you see how he's looking at the screen? I like when Perfect did these, don't you? 
You know, Jesse had his thing too. He used to do these uh, little intros like this. But this was that period of time. Remember, Mr. Perfect was kind of transitioning out of the ring and uh, you know doing uh, you know advisor to Ric Flair and all that going on. But they they pulled out every pun in the book though for Perfect for these. And as Vince starts to go through the lineup. Oh, we don't know who it's going to be. I'm sorry, I gave it away, didn't I? Knobs or Sags versus the Ultimate Warrior. Then, of course, Shawn Michaels. They're sharing the background. Tatanka. We love Tatanka. The Berserker. And the Big Boss Man. All right. This is the Boy Toy song, remember? This is... uh, HBK and Sensational Sherry. He's so arrogant, but God, do they love him, right? All right. Yeah, you guys remember Sonny Blaze, right? That, I don't know, man. I Don't you, when somebody's that name, didn't you kind of picture like this California beach guy? You know, the bleach blonde hair, really deep, dark tan, just ripped. And nope, nope, that that's, uh, that's Sonny Blaze who's going to be in the ring. There he is in the background. One of those big-ass earrings. Oh, man. Could you do that today? Yeah, I guess they do that today, right? Sean, good shape here, though. Look. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this one's getting underway with uh, Sean Michaels and Sonny Blaze. Now, you look behind those, like, people, it's it's like they're at a fair. All these people just walking around. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to go over and get a corn dog. Anybody want one and a beer? <laughs> what, what the heck? It's Shawn Michaels in there. As he uh, just, just works over Sonny Blaze. A little reverse there, trying to mount some offense. Shawn will have none of it. Does that uh, neck breaker. And boy, do we got the party in front, or the, the what is it, the business in front, party in back. That, that was uh, the whole deal there that Sean had going with the uh, the mullet. I had a mullet. You guys remember? Not that long. It got a little past the collar. I was really daring. Oh, Sherry doing what she does best, a little distraction, because Sonny Blaze believes that she's really attracted to him. Not. Ah, yeah. Taking a few shots out there outside the ring. I'm checking my watch. This thing's got to be over here quick. And let's get a little plug-in for the WWF uh, WWF magazine. There's a heartbreak kid. 
Drives that boot right to the chin of Sonny Blaze. One of his best. You know, Sean was, he was so good with that. That savant kick as uh, Vince described it. (laughs) All right, just tell him it's time to go home. Boom. And uh, maybe a three-finger finish there. He just rolls Blaze out of the ring because he needs a little area to pose. Yeah, well, Sean was flying high as a single here and just dropped Sherry down. And he could get away with it. Back then you could do it. All right, so we get, uh, we're get we taking a, a look back at Superstars from the week before with Sergeant Slaughter and Ric Flair. And see there, see the, the shock stick? Now, this is a super-duper shock stick. That's not like the original one that he used because he's juiced this one up. There's Flair. Tries to uh, push the lower jaw of Sergeant Slaughter into the position it should be in. But... Uh, I don't think that worked. Uh, so Slaughter following up. And then, didn't you remember this? This was just, wow, that was a, got some height there. Slaughter comes in for the cover and doesn't get it. But I always, this was kind of a strange pairing, you know, that the Mountie and, you know, and you heard the, they, they would they would have to sweeten that in. If you guys know what I'm talking about with audio, whenever they needed wanted to juice the crowd up a little, if they put crowd noise in, well, they put in these effects every time they use the shock stick. That got Mr. Perfect seconding Ric Flair. So Slaughter still, man, still getting it done here. Big clothesline. Goes in for a cover again. One, two. No, no. Just two. Just two. But Flair feeling the effects, man. Slaughter. Oh, misses with that big elbow. Now, for superstars, this was a great match, right? Oh, Slaughter. He could take a turnbuckle, man. Joey Morella, the referee in there. Oh, and then, see, this is the super-duper one. See, it's got the big uh, power booster on the back of that thing, and boy, that's that's going to be it for Sergeant Slaughter. As, uh, you know, Perfect did his job distracting the referee. And, uh, well, well, for some reason, when the ref turns around, oh, Sergeant Slaughter's on his back, and Flair wraps it up. So more... Skullduggery on the part of Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. And they're all in on this. The Mountie, Jimmy Hart. As, uh, you know, remember this union of these guys? It was pretty interesting. It's like they just, yeah, you be, yeah, let's put him. That sounds good. Yeah, put him. Let's get the Mountie in there with this alliance. And Jimmy. 
This is the best they got then. And the Mountie is evil as ever. As Vince sells it big. He's selling this angle big. What kind of a man would do that? That looks like Danny Davis. Is that Danny Davis over there? No, just, just, oh, those are EMTs that we would put a white jacket on and get the hell out there. (laughs) These guys are from the front office, by the way. (laughs) I always love when, when, you know, somebody is severely damaged, right? And instead of, I mean, normally EMTs, right? You would, wouldn't they, they bring out a board because you don't want to move the guy's neck or anything. You want to keep them, you know, in a prone position. Uh, Jane. Oh, see, there's the shock stick. Oh, Gene's gotten to the bottom of this. Yep. And that another one of Jimmy Hart's alliance moves. Yep. Wow, oh, yeah. good line. Tamounty. The feeling of power I have. Jimmy, you evil. Oh. Think I got the yeah, it's either got the effects and the ooh, we made it. Ooh, that sounded good, didn't it? Ominous. And uh Howard announcing this next match. Scheduled for one fall. Barry Hardy. Boy, what a horrible period for men's hair, wasn't it? And in comes Tatanka. And uh, we've had him as a guest on the uh, primetime. Uh, really, I, I love that conversation. Because, you know, the, the him talking about kind of that fine line when they brought this gimmick to him, uh, because, of course, he's, he's uh, genuine Native American, uh, he was very careful about how it was presented. He did not want it to uh, seem too over the top, too comical, and uh, realized, I mean, come on, let's be honest here. I mean, that it was, uh, they certainly took full advantage of that. But at the same time, you know, he mentions how he really was proud of what he did and, and felt it brought uh, very positive attention to the nation's. You know, and uh, and and I asked him, did you ever really get any serious heat from uh, the tribes and uh, from the the Native American uh, nations? And he said no. And and, and matter of fact, uh, they were very uh, positive about it. They felt that he had done a lot. He didn't, you know. I'm sure there were a few, but he said no for the most part, no. And he was very proud of what he was able to do when he was with the World Wrestling Federation. A very interesting story, though, that uh, how he got into it. I mean, when he got into uh, wrestling, he was already uh, working for uh, a big organization, making six figures. And uh, I believe it was with one of the casinos, uh, the big organizations, though, that, you know, like a... Um, 
like Herod's kind of, uh, uh, I, I can't remember the exact name, but he was doing very well. My point is that he was doing really well as uh, an executive, really. So he uh, had to really be persuaded to step into this world. But uh, I shouldn't say that. I just think that he was torn because it was something that he always wanted to do. But he really, I mean, imagine doing that. You're making six figures. You give that all up to take a chance at trying to succeed in this business. And that was a quick one. Yeah, uh, to talk. And, you know, here now you you can't do the chop. (laughs) I'm sure they would be, people would be upset. Yeah, so they're pushing an angle here with Rick Martell because, remember, he uh, took his sacred feathers and was, like, wearing them on a clip on the side of his hat. Oh, here we are. The WBF championship. Vince loved these guys. Unfortunately, when they were told they couldn't do any juice, that uh, that pay-per-view literally just melted to jelly because uh, I was a part of that. They had me go out there and do backstage stuff. It was awful. I I keep saying we're going to do an episode on it, but oh man, it was really bad. It was really bad. A few of the guys looked pretty good, but most of them weren't like to the point where some of them didn't even have cuts. It was just, I I think it remains. I'd like to find out, but I know at the time it was like one of the worst performing pay-per-views ever by a long shot. Like I think, that total numbers were like less than a thousand or something as a buy. I mean, it was just so bad. Berserker in the ring now. <laughs> Sorry. Just tossing around. This is, uh, let's go out there and just beat the crap out of somebody and show off your moves. As Mr. Perfect goes off on a rant. And another plug. This should have been called WWF Superstar Plugs. (laughs) Or WWF Superstars Promo. And Scott Taylor, uh, and then the unfortunate end of anything that Berserker wants to do to him. And you recognize the ref in there? That is dangerous, Danny Davis. And okay, that's enough. Mr. Fuji, this is when he's carrying around that cane all the time. So he could whack people with it. Look more like a crowbar. Oh boy. And he's done. Is he done yet? 
Now, I like the fact that the guy gets counted out, but he's not the one that went out of the ring. <laughs> he got he got thrown out. That berserker. Up he goes. John Nord. <clears throat> Boy, big furry boot right to the mug. Drives a knee into the chest. And the big sword. That's a real sword. Remember, he stabs it into the canvas. Almost kills the Undertaker. Ooh, boy, this is my cool set that we had. Obnoxious. Hey, Sean, you're on. Hey. Oh. Why why aren't I wearing my WWF tie? What is that? So we did that for every event center, guys. Every city. And, uh, they, you know, they got really fancy here. These uh, backgrounds that were uh, done. All this stuff was shot when we they shot these interviews at TV. Uh, they shot uh, everybody on a green screen. You guys know what that technology is. Uh, certainly, it's still used to this day. But they could key out, uh, you know, everything behind him. And put a, a, any background they wanted. And everybody had their very own, all the superstars had their very own special background that they would put behind them. And Tito Santana, man, one of the best. One of the best hands to uh, ever step in the ring. And really, really popular. So, you know, I still have one of those jackets. One of the originals. I don't know. i have to do something with it someday. All right, we got the Nasty. See, they got their own background. Jimmy Hart. And and uh, he had a jacket for everybody. He had those jackets made up, no matter who he was working with. Nasty's, I love their promos. I really did. They're both good. You know, a lot of times in these tag teams, you had one guy that was kind of carried it. Uh, you know, but the guys they had back then, no, I mean, as far as, uh, the nasty boys were really good, both of them. And then of course, uh, you know, Axe and Smash were really good. Demolition was great. LOD was, was phenomenal. Oh, what a rush, you know, with Hawk and, uh. See, I got kind of, look, uh, Mooney turn. I want to see, do you have the, do you have the mullet thing going yet? You know, I was I was trying to trying to be hit, but I don't think it was very long then. As we take you from that generic event center, oh man, these promos were just awful. I I really feel for Crush here, and this is a junkyard in Stanford where they shot these things. What is this? It's like in the back of a truck. What? Is, what's going on here? Oh. That's a real crusher. Uh, that thing works. <clears throat> you know, I look at these. I mean, they, they used to shoot some 
really good promos. I mean, come on, remember, think back. You think about the ones that they did. And I know Bruce produced a lot of those. And I, I just want to, when I see him, I'm, I'm going to ask him, you couldn't, it couldn't have been you producing these things with Crush because all of them were, were lame. And there's Jay Sledge. Everybody knows Jay Sledge. Everybody remembers Jay Sledge, right? Uh, they used to have, uh, when we would go to these cities, they would have guys that were at local schools come out for these shows. And it was a chance for them to get on TV and they got to get in the ring with the superstars. And you would basically <clears throat> sign a form saying that um, if somebody kills you tonight, which is, and I, I, they should have had it in parentheses, which is, a very, which is very likely, uh, you can't sue us. And I think they would pay him, I don't know, like 50 bucks or something to come out. But these guys would just get the living daylight speed out of them because, you know, Vince wanted to make sure that these guys look fierce and, and, and just these guys were just devastating. And so he would, uh, you know, they would they'd go out there and you'd just be stiff and oh and see uh, Davy Boy cutting promos on his own there <clears throat> as a singles competitor <clears throat> but anyway getting back to talking about these jobbers that they would bring in and they weren't enhancement talent you can't call them enhancement talent but to the superstars credit okay. Um, these guys were green. Most of them didn't know really what they were doing. And so the superstars are not going to allow them to mount any offense because then they, the responsibility is on them to make them look good. And if these guys aren't able to work, no matter what they do, they're going to look bad. So they would just basically, if they had these guys out there, they would go out there and just literally uh, shoot, beat the crap out of them. They would just take them apart. Uh, there were exceptions because there were guys that would come over that could work. And if that was the case, you might get a better match with these guys because they knew of them or they knew their reputation and that they had, uh, you know, had spent some time in the ring and the match would be better. But otherwise it was just, just go in there and follow my lead and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt you and uh, we'll get it over as quick as possible but uh, that's it. Wow. Mooney making another hit in this show. Here we go. We're talking about. So this was going to be all connected to the. Well, that's kind of a weird transition, wasn't it? Where I talk about the W. BF Health Expo, and then we go to Skinner. <laughs> hey, I just did what they told me. All right, guys, you can't hold that against me. I just uh, Mooney to go from here to there, and I was—that's what I was good at. I that you know what? Now that I think about it, that was my job. Uh, point A to point B. You go. You start here. Uh, make some kind of sense out of what you're coming from, and then. Tell them where this event is taking place, and then throw it to somebody else. That was that was about eighty uh, percent of my job. Finding what, talking about something, coming out of it, doing a bridge, and then throwing it to somewhere else. That was my that was my life. 
Mm. Wow. I thought Mr. Perfect could sling puns. Mooney's got it going on too here. Yeah. Hitman. This, you know, uh, Brett, and I've mentioned this before, when he first came in, uh, he had a long way to go when it came to cutting promos, but he got really good. It was his own very style, uh, very own style. Intercontinental champion. And you know who's gunning for him? Yep, Shawn Michaels. He didn't really, at the time, he didn't. Did not like Shawn very much. But, you know, time heals all wounds, uh, as they tell us. Oh, where'd you come up with that one, Mooney? Lights on the ceiling. I would listen to a lot of what the guys say. I, I uh, would uh, kind of just play off some of the things that they said. And I remember I remember that one because, uh, God, I, can't, I wish I could remember who it was. He said that uh, you're going to be counting lights on the lights in the ceiling. The big boss man. And uh, you, you, would, you would not believe the amount of uh, of money that uh, the company made from those dolls. I shouldn't say dolls, action figures, excuse me. But uh, I know it was uh, a lot of money. And uh, God, who was it the other day? My brain's going, but uh, was saying that like one of his first revenue checks was like $87,000. He was a big superstar. But... Imagine that money, that kind of money in that in that uh, day and age, when uh, these guys were used to making, you know, and the before the WWF making maybe if they were doing really well, maybe five hundred a week. That's uh, what this that's going to the WWF was was life changing for so many of these guys in a big, big, big way. The only one that was, you know, outside of the WWF, and of course at the time, Flair was with the WWF, but uh, before he arrived there, he was he was making, he was getting big payoffs because he was, you know, the champion. He'd go around to these different organizations, like when very loyal to Crockett and uh, those organizations that uh, he would get sent around to. But for the most part, uh there was a bigger bottom tier, shall we say. There were guys making a lot of money outside of the World Wrestling Federation, but not anywhere near compared to how many guys in the WWF were doing really well. Now, who knows if the 87000 was legit, but still, I'm sure it was a lot of money. Big Boss Man makes quick work here. I don't even know who that was. Let me see. I, I can find out. Let's see, it's uh, Big Boss Man facing Glenn Ruth. That's Glenn Ruth right there that uh, just got destroyed. And hear that? That's nails. And unnerves the Big Boss Man. The convict. Oh, 
So they're setting up that storyline with the big boss man. And, you know, it's, uh, if I had mentioned this before, that uh, I'm, I'm so disappointed that Nails didn't last because I think that that was, I, I thought that was a great gimmick, great storyline. You know, they would fix his, they would, uh, you know, synthesize his voice. Uh, <clears throat> so we got the Nasty Boys. Remember we, at the beginning of this, they said it's going to be either Brian Knobs or Jerry Sags who's going to go up against the Warrior. So uh, I uh, I kind of gave it away, I know, but act surprised when they say it. All right, and then they got this really crazy-ass angle. This is really bad. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you. All right, here comes the warrior, uh, ma- the master of stiff right here, as he gives these <laughs> But I'll tell you what, Nasty Boys could dish it back. And I'm sure that whenever they got the chance, uh, they they uh, reminded the Warrior that you always get receipts. <clears throat> I mean, these are the two guys that would go uh, toe-to-toe with the Steiners and have a blast, or the, or the Road Warriors when they were... Or, of course, Legion of Doom. And, uh, well, it looks... Oh, jeez. That was a good... Uh, Warrior just going to town on both of these guys. Knobs uh, tries to mount a little offense here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, perfect. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was supposed to be uh, a singles matchup, but it's the Warrior who went after him. So whatever he gets here, he deserves, right? I wonder how many of those punches are uh, <laughs> for reals. Jim didn't make a lot of friends. So watch the watch Jerry. I mean, <laughs> it was I'm like, dude, you just never. Okay, so he rips one of the armbands off, right? And I was trying. I was going to start talking about this, but remember Papa Shango, who was uh, you know like this voodoo master guy, and so you got uh, Sags working away here, and now out comes Papa Shango who legit scared the shit out of people. He did. The like kids were scared to death of this guy. He just, oh, and look, he he, he finds the warrior's armband. And, and you know, in voodoo, if you want to do something really bad to somebody, you get something personal of theirs. And now Papa Shango, am I giving it all away? Okay. Uh, Papa Shango has now obtained... The Ultimate Warrior's armband. Oh, a little armpit roll, and Sags gets one on the apron there and gets taken out. And uh, Brian working over the Warrior. And watch some of these shots, guys. I, I have a, 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 I have a feeling a few of these were pretty good. Were stamped. <laughs> Here we go. Misses with the clothesline and the big big tackle there. And another one, shoulder block. Boom! Chair to the back. <laughs> and Sags lays it in there. And <laughs> oh man. I we I would I wish we could roll that back. Cause <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right, so <clears throat> Sags is gone. You got knobs in here. And uh, Warrior takes that chair to the... Uh, I probably probably caught a piece of his head. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. As uh, Warrior gets set here to finish off knobs. Uh, Into the ropes. There's a clothesline. Let's get another one for good measure. And another, and look what those are landing. I mean, if you would, oh man, I'm, I'm sure Sags is going, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, and down he, down he goes, and Sags is saying, let's get this thing over with. And that's it. Okay, so then you got, uh-oh. And Sag comes out, I don't know where he was going. What, did he go get a drink of water? Where was he when all this was going on? Okay, so... Head knocker there. Down goes Jimmy. Down goes Sags. And wait a minute. Shango went down to uh, in the back to do a little business. Remember he had the headband or the armband? <clears throat> As a smoking skull comes out, right? And Shango, so of course, uh, something ominous is going. Something bad is is in the works, right? It's coming. And uh, he doesn't have the wristband. Was that a wristband? It's like a forearm band, I thought. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, I guess it is a wristband. Forearm band. <laughs> I don't know. So in comes shot. Oh, he's in a trance. He's in a trance. He's sending out the vibes. Eyes in the back of the head. Blowing the smoke over there. And let's see what happens. Uh-oh. Warrior celebrating. I think the spell has been cast. And let's see how you sell this one, Jim. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, it's Vince. Yeah, we're both on the same page here. Oh, my God. Down he goes. Oh, he's writhing in pain. And I don't think that was a result of what Brian Knobs did. Yeah, this was a bit of a... Remember I said this is a tough time. <laughs> I like that. I, mean, I like the gimmick though. I like Sha- uh, Papa Shango. Oh, and now we have to explain it. He took the wristband and that's why the warrior is writhing on the floor because he went back there and mixed something up with it. And now he's in control. Oh, we don't get, and uh, we, we didn't get the, uh, the stretcher out here. But they're going to take him back, and it's a big sell. Big sell. And there, and do you recognize who's escorting him back? That's a chief. Jay Strongbow. And they're like, get away from him. And I think uh, Rene Goulet and J.J. Dillon right there. Rene. Uh, and they're trying to get Shango out of there to uh, try and stop this. There's obviously a connection. Jay doesn't, Jay doesn't want to get too close either. He doesn't want this to rub off on him somehow. Especially since he had that uh, that gabagool sandwich that the gorilla would say. Uh, <clears throat> Soap aside. 
And as they get the warrior, and my God, what uh, what kind of oh, what 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 is happening to the warrior? Oh God. Oh. Oh man! Oh my God! That was oh my God! Ugh. Vince loved that stuff. All bodily bodily fluids, uh, you know, puke, uh, toilet humor. It was it was it was all game. And this is uh, kind of interesting because did you notice who the, is in this match? You got Jumpin' Jim Brenzel in there with, who's the guy? This is basically a uh, a jobber match. I mean, what the heck? Yeah, you got Bobby Knight and Jumpin' Jim Brenzel against the Beverly Brothers. And, And the genius, you know, was their manager, which gave him a chance to do a poem. Yeah, it's uh huh, and, and this where they're going with this. Yeah, they went with the sissies thing. I mean, I I don't know. No doubt, I think we're on a collision course, don't you? At least they didn't have the dummy. At this point. Completely wiped out. They could cut a better promo than that. They didn't need Ellering to do that for them. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, you look at this and it, and uh, we're talking, this is May. So SummerSlam was down the road, but then they have, would have the dummy that they bring to ringside. Remember that? That was one of the worst things ever. And Jim Brunzel getting some getting some offense in here, but got him working this match. Not much going on with Jim as they get to uh, beat the crap out of <clears throat> Bobby Knight. Bounce him off the top rope. And Danny tells him, no, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, and at least at this point, Knight's taken most of the beating. And into the ring, and down he goes. Hard. So at least they didn't make Jim suffer the humiliation of that uh, three count in the center of the ring. But I'm sure he wasn't too pleased to be called into action for that match. As they uh, destroy another person and down he goes to the mat. And let's just do a little more humiliation here. As they... uh, 
Yeah, see, that that wasn't going to happen to Brinzel. Uh, for, thank God. Thank God. Uh, so now this is, they're sending a message to LOD. But they say, remember, LOS? Yeah. What, a, what an angle here we got going. That's the best you got for the Legion of Doom. Okay. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Shall we? See, I even knew then. Yep, I knew you don't. Don't do. Don't do that. You're gonna get uh, hawk and animal a mad at you. Virgil on his own. That's about much as we could say. Well, Virgil guess he got his own background, so he is legit. He's legit. Oh, there we go. He's, he, I guess they got him in house shows going up against Papa Shango. You know, and I have to, I have to tell you that, um, you know, he was, he was Ted's valet for so long and they didn't have him work for a long long time and when he did start working i i have to tell you i was i was surprised at how good he was i mean he uh you know he didn't certainly reach the the heights that uh that uh you know ted did by any means but he got a nice little run there and he, he could work plus if as you've heard the the guys needed his pee because he could uh, help them pass these uh, P tests. But anyway, that's another story in itself. All right. Who are we going to? Oh, yeah. That's it. Isn't that, you know, it's amazing though, the difference from this, this, this was, uh, was smash. I mean, come on from demolition. I mean, come on. And then he's doing this. That shows you, I mean, he's a talented guy, man. And, and, and a great worker. And it just shows you, and we've heard other people talk about on the podcast, that uh, in some ways they'd give you this gimmick that they really wanted you to do. And and it was almost a challenge to say, you know what? F you, man. I'm going to make this work. And I'm telling you, Barry did everything he possibly could uh, to make it happen. But oof, oof. Ah, wow. Who's your writer, Mooney? Oh, he is. That's why they're so bad. <laughs> yes, there is. There's a lot more after this. Anyway, not really. I think they come back uh, and tell us what we're going to see next week. <clears throat> oh, we're all worried about the ultimate warrior has stopped convulsing and spitting uh, yellow crap all over anybody who's near him so that it looks really gross. And Kamala, and see, now you get you got to see all of these guys, Money, Inc., Ted DiBiase, and IRS. There you go. Boy, that's Zumbai, huh? So uh, I was pretty much on the money there, right, to tell you about that episode. And it was, uh, uh, you guys knew the format for this. You knew how uh, the superstars worked, if you've uh, gone through with others with me. 
And, and that's what it pretty much was, is a promotional tool. That's what uh, Superstars was all about, and so was Challenge. Um, I personally enjoyed a challenge more because I loved hearing Bobby and Gorilla. And it was didn't matter how bad the matches were or, you know, whatever they had, the angles going on there, but I got to listen to Bobby and, and Gorilla and it was always entertaining. And and I think in some ways it was uh even better if the matches if they were if it was just a sandwich, you know, that uh, uh <clears throat> a bad sandwich that that Gino uh, Gorilla would make them just entertaining. And Bobby, of course, just, he, he would go off and he could go off on these tangents. It's like when you're, you know, uh, watching a, a, a game where the score is just so uh, you know, gone and then they just start talking about, you know, painting their house last week or something. But uh, Bobby was just so good. And, and when they would do these, you know, he certainly put the guys over, no, no question about it. But the, the, uh, the banter between the two of them, I just loved. And, uh, you know, when, when it was in a different situation, the bigger events, or they couldn't get uh, away with as much. But uh, with these uh, challenge and everything, uh, they could. So I'm really hoping that the WWE will put up uh, episodes of Wrestling Challenge soon because I'd love to do some of those. But this was, you know, pretty much what I told you. <clears throat> that whole, do you agree with me? That whole thing with the... Well, first of all, that that uh, that vignette they did with Crush, it, it's the, it, you look at those and you're just did anybody have a good idea? Did they sit around in a room and say, you know, we got nothing? I mean, what are we going to do with this guy? Uh, and uh, well, let's take him to the junkyard and uh, don't they crush cars there? And we'll have them uh, crush a car. Uh, yeah, okay, sounds good. You know, I mean, some of those other vignettes were silly but it made sense or they're at least entertaining but uh not i don't want to take you know be negative to crush i think that the guy had that had talent they probably if it was produced differently or they'd come up with different maybe it would have been different and gotten over more but he just never ever it just never worked it's, it's just unfortunate he was a great talent but uh and then also I mean, come on! What about that that episode or that little uh, the Papa Shango thing with the warrior? Really? Wow! Uh, he got his wristband, and that way he was able to to come up with that really nasty curse thing, right? <laughs> but we did get to see some of our favorites. Uh, Boss Man, oh, big big favorite of mine. I love Boss Man. Guy, I thought was one of the best workers, and and uh, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe sometime we'll have to do a show and just talk about the greatest gimmicks and how people sold them, because you could have a great gimmick and not know what to do with it, and there's a, probably a list of those that you'd say, how did you not, you know, how did that not work? And then other ones that you said, there's no way in the world it's going to work, and it worked. Uh, uh, you know, I'll mention polka dots. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Man, man can make anything work. They could have had him come out in a sandwich board, and uh, Dusty would have made it uh, made it go over. So it it really it just depended on you know what the gimmick was, yeah, but uh, it was also who who got that gimmick and uh, and how good they were, and uh, Dusty understood both of those things really well. 
about uh, you know whatever you do with what you whatever you're working with. But that guy just uh, was so genuine when he was when he was in uh, in that character. Man, he could just he just captured the people and knew how to do it. And there were a lot of them in the WWF. That's why they were successful. WWE, I should say, because it's continued. But uh, anyway, there were some that was, uh, you know, back then they just got oof, got some bad ones and uh, some made them work and some didn't. So that was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as you heard me talking at the top of this, I'm really excited about everything that's going on right now. I'm very excited to be a part of the uh, NWA uh, new NWA broadcast team and power and uh, all the other things that go on, they've got going on with the circle squared and uh, power surge and uh, everything that's happening. So uh, check it out. If you uh, caught this when it was dropped on Tuesday, make sure you tune in tonight. Uh, I'll be making an appearance uh, in the show and uh, give you a chance to really check it out because it is uh, it's a blast. It, and I don't want to say, you know, <clears throat> of course, a lot of it is is uh, steeped. Is that the right word? In tradition, uh, they do. I mean, that set is uh, very is uh, pretty much people say like exactly the way it was uh, back in the day. But it, it's not it's not a throwback and hike. Uh, you know, it's new. There, there's it, I, I don't really know how to explain it other than it's 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 got this great tradition. Uh, very respectful of professional wrestling and uh, some just great, I I call it like a murderer's row of guys cutting promos uh, with between, you know, like Nick Aldis and Aaron Stevens and Eli Drake and James Storm and Tim Storm and uh, these guys. And then you've got some of these young guys coming up and they're learning from these guys. And in a very short period of time, there have not been that many uh, weeks of episodes, you can see it every week just getting better and better and better. So be sure and check it out It uh, every Tuesday. And that, like I said, if, you, if you're catching this uh, when it dropped uh, Tuesday, uh, tune in t- uh, tonight when it drops 6.05, and there's a reason for that, right? You know, uh, that uh, uh, 6.05 on YouTube Eastern Time, 6.05 Eastern Time. And uh, check it out. It's a NWA Power. And just go on YouTube and search it, and it'll come right up and uh, and check it out. Anyway, uh, I'll have more stuff coming up. We've got another episode this Wednesday uh, coming out that uh, features Kevin Sullivan. Uh, we just had a, a great conversation, and man, I'll tell you, Kevin is just an incredible uh, individual. I mean, just for you know, like he had this great wrestling career, right? And uh, in the ring, I mean, he was a you know, tag team champion. He was champion in a number of territories. And then also uh, got involved in, in, uh, as a booker and uh, is well known and respected for what he was able to accomplish with the WCW. And uh, Eric Bischoff will back, back, uh, back him up on that. Uh, maybe not at the time, but I think looking back, he realizes what a great contributor he was to helping them get to where they eventually uh, reached that that uh, peak and uh, Kevin Sullivan was a big part of it but also you know just uh, him talking about the business and the road that he traveled uh, be sure and check that out that's happening this Wednesday it is a new original episode of primetime with Sean Mooney and then of course we drop uh, 
an, uh, a, a, an episode from the vault every Saturday. And uh, the all drop, this one uh, included, 6 a.m. Eastern time. And we will be adding a new content uh, coming up, and I'll be giving you more details uh, as we uh, progress here. But I hope you enjoyed this episode of PTSM Network Classics. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. <laughs>